I stuck my uh, I stuck my headphones into uh, my microphone so that when you clapped, it would, you know what I'm saying? Your clap went through my <laughs> headphone into my microphone, so it would record on this end as well. That's ridiculous. It is ridiculous, but it's all we're gonna have to go off of as far as something. Did, could you see it? Did it work? Yeah, I could see the little uh, level going up on the, on the microphone thing. Yeah, so it, it did transfer uh, information there, and that's that's good. We needed that. That is pretty funny. Especially since that this is the is first time funny. we're doing what I really didn't want to do, which is record this thing apart from each other, of course. That's pretty mu- that's well-known information at this point for yes, both of us. Yes, it is sad. It is sad. Especially sad for you because I have the drink sponsor alcohol on my end. Yeah, so I don't know if that counts. Just That's like a half sponsor. <laughs> it's like a half-hearted sponsorship. <laughs> but to be fair, Kimberly, even though you asked my address and didn't end up sending me anything. I do still have your sweatshirt, and I haven't sent that either. So maybe that's why she's like, "Oh, you keep it ransom." Yeah, I, I have. Kimberly, Kimberly Elizabeth Paws has sponsored us very graciously, and uh, this she actually sent this a while ago. She was pretty excited just about the idea of a drink sponsorship, and she's had something she thought she would like. And you know, normally we do this together all the time, but this time we're not because we're on opposite ends of the country. So. When she asked me where to send it, I obviously said, send it to me, which I will say again for posterity. Everybody, please send these drink sponsorships to me. Oh, my God. And then if we're together, it'll be great. But if not, it'll be great for me. We're off to a bad start. Well, <laughs> since the time we're doing this, I mean, it is it's still morning for me. So, And I have tasted that whiskey before. I can say that I did enjoy it as a whiskey connoisseur. It was very enjoyable. So luckily, I can at least have an opinion on it, even though it's not sitting here in front of me. I... I'm drinking my own concoction of apple cider vinegar with some water, some lion's mane mushroom mycelium, a little bit of lemon juice, and some sea salt that was ancient sea salt extracted from caves in Utah. I'm pretty sure all sea salt is ancient sea salt. Yeah, but this is from a this is from a a dried sea. This is from a long ago dried sea, not a currently existing sea. Gotcha. So this stuff from Kim is Screwball brand peanut butter whiskey. And it is later here on the East Coast, so I'm going to have some. (laughs) A little whiskey with lunch. Oh, wow. That's good. This is not something you would want to drink a lot of. No, but it's Um, great for a little flavor taste. It's super sweet, but actually really mellow, really mild. Very nice. Almost caramelly, you know. Yes, Tastes like a milkshake. Yeah, it's, a, like it's a actually really good. spiked milkshake. It is good. I, I am glad that I'm not drinking it before noon, though, because that would be... <laughs> I have things I've got to do today aside from this phone call. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. They'll just be a little bit sloppy, I guess. <laughs> also, this might be a good time to throw out a disclaimer. You know, uh, Triple B TV, Brian Cusco's vlog channel, Reach Out Reptiles, all that kind of stuff. Those are great, you know, family-friendly venues. This one is not, so... You know, parents, if your kids are listening to this, smack them. Smack them. Smack parents, them hard. Kids, if your parents are listening to this, you better get a hold of them before they, I don't know, sell your college fund off to us reptile shystas. <laughs> well, while we're shouting out to other smack things, I'm too. actually recording on my vlog channel right now just so that people can uh, see that we're doing a podcast. We're recording the podcast the first time Garrett not being here in person. And I'd like to invite you guys watching the vlog to come over and check out this podcast, especially if you missed... Last night's live stream, which got blocked in most countries because of the song I played at the end of the live stream. 
unfortunately. I heard about that. Yeah, but it was good. It was really good. My mom sat down with me, and uh, if you if you missed that, you can come tune in this podcast, and I'm probably going to talk about it a lot here. So, and also, um, I had another point I was going to make, but apparently this uh, lion's mane mushroom stuff is not kicking in yet, so my brain stopped working all of a sudden. It happens. Lion's mane mushroom, huh? Yeah. Stamets. Mm. Paul Stamets. You know, I'm actually looking for, while we're doing this stuff, by the way, uh, welcome to Searchable as Reptiles. My name is Garrett Hartle. My name is Brian Cusco. I'll get that out of the way. So, uh, oh, I know what I was going to say. As- I was going to say, one of these days, Garrett is going to make a video or some kind of promotion for the fact I that we have a podcast <laughs> together and do something aside <laughs> from just sharing my Facebook post that I said we have a new episode up. Which this well, is we have a we have a new so specifically so that I never have to do that. Um, we actually have a new way for you guys to to connect with us regarding this podcast. So there is as of today, I believe. Um, oh gosh, I don't know where it's at though. Uh, oh, there it is. Okay, I found it. Searchable as reptiles community on Facebook. So this is going to be a place where you can find additional content, you know, uh, the kind of the, the reason behind this community on Facebook regarding the, the uh, podcast here is so that, you know, if we mention somebody or we're shouting things out or talking about a product, you know, I might even throw up like our drink sponsorships here, uh, some stuff like that, where if there's anything that you listen to this podcast, say you're driving and you're listening to us right now or something, you want to go back and check it out later, you can go on Facebook and search for Searchable as Reptiles Community. Go ahead and ask to join that group. And our good friend, Matt... From SoCal Herps. Bernardin. <laughs> Matt Bernardin. Bernardine, I like to call him. Um, but yeah, Matt Bernardin uh, has graciously de- accepted our request to kind of run that group. So he went ahead and uh, we just talked about it last night. He, I saw he threw it up there. And that's, it's pretty cool. So yeah, guys, go ahead and, and jump on there. Um, there's also going to be, you know, some interactive stuff that goes on. So we need ideas for content. We need some fun. We want some feedback from you guys. There's not really a good way to do that on the podcast. So that's going to be kind of the landing place for that sort of stuff. So check it out, see what's going on, and, uh, you know, give us some ideas. Give us some feedbacks and stuff. And speaking of ideas, we actually had ideas worked out before we even recorded our first episode of this podcast, which were ideas for segments that we could do on the podcast and we've yet to implement any of those segments into i think maybe we did for a brief second on the first one. Oh no that was just like the test podcast we still have not implemented a single one of these uh segment really? ideas into any of the podcasts themselves so i think this is going to be the first one where we actually take these ideas we had before we started and bring them in here and i know the first one that we're going to jump on is uh getting deep in the shallow end diving deep in the shallow end of the gene pool <laughs> Maybe you can explain um, a little no, bit. No, that's about funny. What I that, actually that I thought means. that we had done some of these, but uh to be fair, I don't think I've listened back to any of our podcasts. I've gone back and, and like listened to little segments to see how the audio turned out or whatever, but I, I haven't sat down and listened. That's too much of me talking. I don't know about you guys, but I, I can't stand hearing myself talk that much. Yeah, it's the it's ruining the podcast, honestly. This is episode five. So, I don't think we're gonna make it to six. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so let's. You want to jump into this? Uh, the diving deep yeah, one. Yeah, let's dive deep. Okay, so diving deep in the shallow end. This is the part of the podcast where we talk about something. Maybe it's something deep. Maybe it's something stupid or whatever. And uh, you know, we just kind of expound on it and give you guys a generous, slathered helping of our genius philosophy on topics from around the world and uh, all kinds of stuff that are going on. So this would be a great thing if you guys want to jump on the Searchable as Reptiles community on Facebook and give us some ideas that you would like to hear Brian Cusco and, and Garrett Hartle kind of rap about a little bit on the podcast. So it should make for some fun stuff. Um, I was going over some of these segments with you, as you know, Brian, yesterday, we, we called and we're talking about it a little bit just in preparation. And to be honest with you, I had no idea what I was going to talk about with this. And then at 2.30 in the morning, I know because I woke up and had to write this down and look at my phone because it's one of those things you're going to forget by the next morning. 2.30 in the morning, I woke up uh, from a dream and I was like, that's it. That's what we're going to talk about on tomorrow's podcast. So apparently this podcast is, even though I don't listen to it, so ingrained within my subconscious that I am ready to wake up and write ideas down for it from a dead sleep. But uh, which I, good. I found. I'd like to hear how emotionally invested you are. Because so far it seems Very, like uh, you just do it and then you just let me handle the rest of the emotional part and as far as like promotion and all that. And, no, sorry. <laughs> what, 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 what? You are better at emotions, to be fair. <laughs> I'm, I'm emotionally constipated. Okay. So like what happens when you dream, a lot of times you, you wake up, you think something's super important, and then you tell somebody else and it's just stupid, you know, because it was some kind of mental experience that you had um, it, within the dream world, right? So uh, here's what happened. I'm sleeping last night and I had a dream. This has nothing to do with the podcast, by the way. But I had this dream where I was at a grocery store and um, I had handed some stuff to my friends. I had given them my, my wallet, my keys. By the way, I, I'm a very like lucid dreamer. So I have pretty vivid dreams. I, I, I recall feeling pain in dreams and stuff like that. I've, I'm the kind of guy that wake up. If I had a bad dream about you, I'll be like pissed off at you for weeks or whatever. Cause it seems too real. So anyways, this was not a very important one, but it, it struck me as odd. I'm in a grocery store and I, ha I had to run back in and grab some blueberries in my dream. Welcome to the inner thoughts of Garrett Hartle. I apologize in advance. However, my friends were waiting for me in the car and they had my wallet because I, I handed them a bunch of crap and then I ran back into the store. So I'm sitting there in line. The guy rings me up on my blueberries. I'm looking all over for a way to pay. And then I said, oh, I remember I have Apple Pay on my phone. So I'm trying to, and this dream is very accurate to real life where I have all these technological things that I don't know how to use at all. So I'm trying to figure out how to make the stupid Apple wallet work on my iPhone and it's not working and it's not scanning. And there's like some little old lady behind me. And I, you guys have probably had this dream before. It's like awkward. You're in public. Everyone's waiting on you and you can't figure something out. So the funny thing was, it feels very real. It feels just like real life. I mean, this is something that could totally happen. And in the dream, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I, I had the thought I can either... I could do one of two things in this situation. I can go out to the car. I can say, hold on or cancel the transaction. I'll go out to the car. I'll come back. I'll get the blueberries or whatever. Or I can just say, 
fuck it. I'm waking up. <laughs> so I woke up. <laughs> and then I didn't have the thought until after I woke up. But uh, I, I literally woke up. I looked at the clock. It was 2.30 in the morning. And uh, so all those people that say you do your dreaming right before you wake up, like, apparently not true because I wasn't about to wake up at 2.30 in the morning. But I, I woke up from this dream just to escape the awkward social situation. And in doing so, I don't know if you've ever had a dream, like you get the present that you always want or something that you wake up and you're like, no, and you feel like you've left some part of life behind. Like, you know, it wasn't I've, real. I've definitely had dreams like that. Yeah, but it's Absolutely. totally gone now. Yeah. I, so like before I was ever a dad, the worst one, it still sticks with me. This is many, many years ago. I dreamt that I had a daughter and we were having a lot of fun. She was like one year old. Then I woke up and it's, it was quite honestly, like a little bit tragic to think not only is she gone, but she never existed, you know, and, and in such a, a dream that felt very real and stuff like that, um, it was kind of crazy. So this was the thought that I had. What if our dreams are not so much just a figment of our imagination, a piece of crumpled cheese or whatever, but that feeling of having left something behind, it's almost like another life another dimension, another plane of being. <laughs> I had this humorous thought for whatever reason, what if there's a version of Garrett still standing there in a grocery store line, holding some blueberries, not able to pay, only his soul just left him, and now he's like in a vegetative state, standing in there in line for all eternity, never to have any closure or be wrapped up at all. What say you? Well, there are definitely theories out there, uh, quantum theories, I believe, where everything that can happen is there that there are endless universes where you did buy those blueberries successfully and you didn't and every other example of reality that could exist in any given situation that that's a, a theory that i've heard before which is a lot to try and wrap your mind yeah around. i saw the spider-man movie the spider-man movie i don't think i saw that movie but <laughs> oh you didn't dude you got to see that with the kids into the spider-verse it's an animated spider-man okay movie. no I, no I, d I definitely have not seen that yet i'll have to check it out but um yeah, so that, that what you're talking about, that could be a, a reality based on some of these theories I've heard. And I, I would put stock in just about any scientific theory as being possible. I like to think that most things are possible and, and instead of limit the things that are possible, keep them as unlimited as possible because there's a lot of great possibilities out there that I haven't realized yet that I'd love to see in reality. Um, man, that was a hell of a sentence. But... <laughs> that was also, by the way, the longest introduction to any to the segment. I hope the rest of the segments don't have quite as long as an introduction. But that dream was interesting because I, I actually had that reality this morning where I went to go get coffee at the coffee shop because they, they make I don't have an espresso machine and every now and then I like to get an espresso based drink. And so I and we've got this nice local coffee shop here that is everybody's super awesome. It's like kind of like the cheers of coffee shops. And uh so I like to go in there instead of buying it. I was playing with the idea of buying an espresso machine, but instead I realized today that no, I shouldn't buy one because then I won't be coming down to this shop as much and seeing these awesome people. I'd rather, and that's more value than having an espresso machine in my home and the convenience. Um, I like that line of thinking. So, but I, I forgot my wallet at the house and didn't bring it with me and didn't, had only used my wallet before at this shop and didn't know, you know, it's kind of a, it's a family shop you know so it's, it's a wife and husband that started it i didn't know if they were going to have that technology yet but i still walked in stood in line and waited my turn to ask hey is it possible to pay with my phone 
And they said, yes, it is. And I was like, oh, that's fantastic because I forgot my wallet at home. And so I went in, did a little dupe dupe, pulled up the Apple wallet and uh, successfully paid for my coffee right away. And uh, here comes here comes Hillary, even though she knows I'm down here recording a podcast. Hi, Hillary. What's going on? Hi, Hillary. We're recording right now. What's going on? Okay. Congratulations. Is she going to Target? She's going to Target. She should get one of these new. Tell her to buy these new biodegradable coolers. Hi, Hillary. Garrett says from buy one Target. Of these new biodegradable coolers at Target. They're like paper pulp like paper with pulp. some kind of paraben wax some in them. They're like eight bucks. Like eight bucks. Okay. If she says if we ever do need one, you should buy one right now just because it's like a really cool product. It. Just because it's a cool product, says Garrett. So, all right, have fun. Thank you. She came to she came to double check that it was okay to f- spend forty dollars, which is a good idea because the holidays are coming up and the budgets are getting kind of tight. So she's like, "Well, maybe don't buy one of these yet." Forty dollars is that okay? <laughs> good girl, good girl. We could all use a wife like that. I think. Yeah, I have a wife like that. Mine's more like four dollars. <laughs> it's usually the opposite. It's like I spent four dollars and then I hear about it when I get home. <laughs> you wouldn't believe how upset she was about the eight dollar cooler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just funny. kidding. I'm just kidding. Ashley actually bought it for me just because I asked because she's cool and supportive like that. So I don't know if I completely jump subject. I don't know what you wanted me to talk about. Do you want me to bring up a dream that I that I remember? No, I don't know. We were just talking. We were just talking way too deep about a dream about blueberries. That's it. That's kind of the point of the podcast. <laughs> right. So if you guys would like to hear us get super psychological and deep about something, just completely flippant and irrelevant. Go on that Facebook page and put it down. So that, yeah, uh, and to your point with the introduction and everything like that, I mean, the point of this is just to have a few segments throughout the podcast that are fun, something that you guys can kind of look forward to each time, uh, a way for you to participate in the conversation, even impact it a little bit, because we don't do a lot of, you know, a lot of podcasts are recorded live, and we don't do that um, just because... This is a, a better method for both of us. I think we get better audio quality, and it's obviously much better for our our timing and our schedules with the, the way that both of us kind of run our lives right to the line. But um, yeah, but this is a way for you guys to finally jump in there. And so Matt has some really good ideas about how to make that stuff happen. So. I, I will say that you are, although you haven't hardly done any external promoting for the podcast as of yet, you're way better at promoting it from within the podcast than I am. I, I will go ahead and say that right now. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, no, my point now is that we can just put everything up on this group and I can just hit share, share, share. And the reason why I don't promote that stuff is because, to be honest with you, and here's something maybe worth talking about, I find myself on Facebook specifically less and less. Um, I, I'm getting to the point where, and I know a lot of people have been this way for a long time, but I almost hate the the platform. I deleted the Facebook app from my phone earlier this week. I was hanging out with family and, uh, really? I woke up one morning and I, I went to just go check it real quick, just because that's what you do with the Facebook app on your phone. That's why it's there. So you can go and kind of check in and it just like it has many times led me down this gave me this negative feeling and I was in the, you know, hanging out with the family and, and doing the Thanksgiving thing. I was like, this is, re- I, I was like, no, I'm not going to allow this any longer. It's been too long now. It's kind of been a long time coming where just to have so much access to it. So I'm not going to leave my Facebook account. I think it's great for keeping in touch with friends and there's lots of positives to it, but it's been slowly creeping into a point where it was such a negative in my life that I, that I was like, I don't, I have a choice here. 
to let this affect me or not. And the best way to not let it affect me is just get it out of my pocket so it's not following me everywhere. So I deleted the app from my phone. And I will tell you, it has been a great week without the Facebook app on my phone. A wonderful I, week. I can't tell you how many times. So, you know, the interesting thing, both you and I, with the type of work that we do, the business that we do, it's it's really hard, and I don't know how people who are far better at it than I am, to to stay productive when your job is creativity. I mean, that's that's just an interesting thing. And so, you know, I, I think people might think of me as like a snake breeder first or whatever, and there's some creativity certainly involved in that. But a lot of it, like you said, is is promotion, marketing, and basically just communicating to people what it is that you have going on. And that takes a lot of mental effort to sit down and be creative. Um, there's a lot of things that I'm doing on the side, too, that nobody can see right now, but uh, stuff that's coming for my business and everything where I'm doing some behind-the-scenes work on stuff, and it, it forces a lot of creativity. And it's really hard to sit down in a 9-to-5 and be creative. And so what I would do is is sit down, try to answer some messages and stuff, which are you know email, text messages, Facebook messages, and then jump on there. And like you said, you get these little notifications, people talking about you or whatever on social media. And I jump on, I see those things, and um, yeah, just like you said, I mean, I mean, you understand it exactly. The negativity. Somebody says something, somebody throws something. Or what does it even have to be about you? Just it can just be about what like everyone just unloads their garbage you know what i mean they they vent on facebook it's all the things that they probably shouldn't even be talking about but they go on there to air it publicly and then they all talk about what they all think about that stuff and especially with you know i mean there are like major national politics going on but then there's politics that are part of people's lives that i don't feel need to be political you know, like what? You know, why are we all so bent out of shape over this stuff? Can't we just live and let live a little? I think a, a, another part of it is that um, there are a lot of people that are even on the platform and checking things out, but they, just like you and I, maybe don't care to post about that type of stuff. I mean, I don't know. I, I do it on YouTube. You know, I do make posts on YouTube, but just kind of expressing my ideas. But I like to do it on YouTube because Facebook is so text based, and it's so hard to really grasp what somebody's really saying through text alone and it that that causes i think that's part of the what the problem is with facebook is that it's so text-based and you everybody puts their own emotion to what's being said and if it's got any kind of a negative connotation or some somewhat of a polarizing thing it makes it that much easier to feel like you need to defend whatever your position happens to be and it creates that thing you're either on this side you're either on team this or team that and there's no in the middle there's no um slight nuances as to what your actual position is which is probably di slightly different than anybody else's i would hope yeah, that's my hope for people's to everybody take their own look well, it at should things. be i mean we have a diverse world you right. know what i mean if we were all the same it would suck anyway so i don't know why we try to force each other to be like us when the beautiful part about the world is everything's different maybe because it's all digital and it's like getting on an atomic level not an atomic level but a uh that small level where everything is ones and zeros. And if it's not a one or a zero, it, it doesn't compute through any kind of digital communication, which is why the face-to-face -face thing is becoming more and more important, I think, which is another reason that I like to do all my interviews face-to-face -face, and even this podcast as much as possible face-to-face -face because there's there are things Or there, even go to the local coffee shop. Or you, you know what I mean? Coffee shop, Instead right. of making espresso at home. Exactly, yes. Uh, the face-to-face -face thing is something that I'm... 
the one the one bonus to you know social <laughs> internet platforms starting to have that kind of negative thing, or maybe not even starting, but just at least for me in my personal life, you know, it started to really do that and really affect me. Is that it'll force you people to get out there more and be like, I don't, I, I'm not going to spend so much time on this thing. I'm going to go find people out in my local community that I can talk to in, in real life, where communication is traditionally much more successful than through text. Yeah. Well, and like I said, <clears throat> I think there is something about Facebook in particular that makes it especially negative. Well, that, I think they have an algorithm. There's an algorithm there, and they will kind of offer up the things more that get more reaction, which tend to be the negative things. Because if you're scrolling by, say, for example, like a great picture of somebody holding a Burmese python, that's a beautiful, beautiful Burmese python. And you're like, well, that's that's beautiful. And there might be, you can see how many comments are on it just by glancing at it. And it doesn't matter. And the fact is, you don't, there's no need to click on it unless you really want to say like, oh, hey, that's a, that's a beautiful Burmese python, which is great. But the ones that get more attention, the ones that have this polarizing uh viewpoint or or content because so, people are a little more interested in that and they're like it it's more interesting to people i think to have that like oh why why is why are people like people are back and Ooh, forth what's just the drama the here yeah, what's the drama here yeah. just to read the comments even if they don't comment put your little themselves. michael jackson eating popcorn meme and, on and don't and, even say anything else just i just want to throw a little bit of negativity in there without even having an opinion on this right and facebook wants people to be on the platform so if they see you know their algorithm is based on keeping people on their platform as long as possible that's how they make their money from ads that they offer up on facebook the longer people are on the platform the better ad revenue they can build and if they see somebody in a certain post getting more interaction and more people clicking on it that's what they're going to offer up more to help boost their their revenue for ads yeah yeah it's true um so Actually, I, I would like to jump into our next segment, and I think it ties in perfectly here. Um, this segment is called What I Don't Like About What My Co-Host Is Doing Right Now. <laughs> oh, is it doing right now or did this did since the last podcast? Uh, since the last podcast. I mean, you know, since our since our viewers have our listeners have been involved. Um, but yeah, basically, you know, instead of talking about the negativity of the world, let's just be negative towards each other. <laughs> and this is so that all of you know that this is not some kind of a click or a club, me and Brian being besties. We actually have a lot of problems with each other, and we would like to air some of those right now. Do you want to go first? Um, sure, I'll go first. The first first thing that comes to mind is that something that you've been doing or not doing for a while now, which is mentioning it's coming. the fact that we have a podcast <laughs> to some of the people that follow just you and not me, which there are probably uh, many. I kind of thought that that was coming for some reason. It seemed like you were priming the pump to drop that bomb. Oh, man. I, I feel like uh, that bomb has been dropped and it's just a bunch of, I don't know what it is, whatever the... Uh, things that come after after the bomb the aftershocks or whatever but yeah that's that's something that and i and i feel a little bit bad about it but not too bad because you did do a good job of doing some st promotional stuff from within but 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 the only way people see that your awesome promotion from within the podcast is if they get to the podcast in the first they're place. already on the podcast yeah right and if you, you've got all these external places you know you got a good facebook group that you're doing things with you i like this nice youtube channel and you haven't promoted our podcast once and we're approaching having been this is episode five and once a month we're almost half a year into this thing and i've yet to see a single garrett hartle based promotion <laughs> so it's <laughs> not just what bad. you've done That's since the podcast, last podcast this is perfect since we're the first time doing this segment you haven't done it the entire existence of the podcast <laughs> hey everybody please tune into the podcast <laughs> oh my 
If you're listening to this podcast, please listen to this podcast. <laughs> Jeez. Um, okay, touche. I'll, I'll own up to that one. I could do that a lot more. I'll, I will tell you, um, yeah, I could use the busy excuse or, or whatever the case may be, but some of the stuff, like, so I, I really enjoy advertising, marketing, all that kind of stuff. I didn't go to school for it or anything. It's just actually, like, interesting to me to feel like, you know, how we connect to people and stuff like that. So sometimes when I jump into that stuff, man, I, I, I go full bore. And um, so I won't say I'm too busy to make a little post here or there or something like that. But I would actually like to put together some kind of, like, a, a little bit of a campaign, where we can sort of launch the podcast. And it has been a half a year, but because we're only doing it once a month, um, we only have a handful of them in the can. And it is kind of nice, like I don't know about you, but if I jump onto somebody's YouTube channel and they have three videos, it's not very exciting. If I jump onto their YouTube channel, I'm like, dude, there's like 200 videos on here. And then I find out someone I like, I'll binge watch that stuff like crazy. So. So I do think it, it's advantageous to let it grow organically for a little bit and then push it. Um, I, but I have some ideas about how to do that. That's some stuff that we kind of need to talk about. But I'll tell you what, those of you guys who are listening, obviously you guys are, are ground floor, hardcore followers, probably mostly Brian's friends because I never talk about the podcast apparently. So I would love to hear from you guys. And again, on this searchable as reptiles community page on facebook um tell me what i'm doing wrong you know you could do like our old buddy tim walton and text me directly but i think it'll be a lot funnier if you guys jump on the community pace and just community page and be uh, a part of the conversation so um not so much you know like i mean you can rag on me if you want what we're doing wrong but um you know what are some of the things that that you look for in a podcast what are some of the things i guess the really important information would be more along market research among you guys. So seriously, if you guys are listening, you could really help with this because you are, like I said, ground floor followers. My market research question that you can answer on the Searchable as Reptiles Facebook uh, community page is, is this. What is it, what value do you get out of our podcast specifically? I mean, I know why people listen to podcasts and there's some general information there, but now that we've, we're a few episodes in, if you've, if you've listened to more of them than I have, which is zero, um, then, you know, obviously you're getting some kind of value out of this. And it's kind of funny because Brian, I mean, you, you would agree with me here. Like we didn't really define what this podcast was. It's literally like, if you go back to your vlog, you can see us lay down on the floor of a house, stare at the ceiling and say, Hey, we should do a podcast. It'll be an off-topic one, right? Yeah, I think it was just because we had pretty good conversations and often coming from opposite ends of thinking and, and where those meet is is something that could be good. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't. Good point. I don't know. Why are we doing this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that was an excellent answer. That was much more better defined and with more direction than I would have been able to answer that one. So, no, I, I do think that that is cool, and it does help us to... I think, um, bring other people into the conversation. So it isn't so closed knit. I mean, it's, it's funny when we first met, it's because a a good mutual friend, Tim O'Reilly said we should meet. And he was just like, you guys are the kind of people that are awesome and awesome people should get together. And the funny thing is you and I are, are quite a bit different. 
um, in in a lot of ways. But yeah, there's something there's something pretty cool about that. I coming just together. I just saw Tim. Speaking of Tim, I just saw him um, over this Thanksgiving holiday. And uh, really, yeah. And how's uh, he doing? He's he's doing okay. He says he's doing okay. I mean, uh, I told him that we would come visit him when you were in town for the Anaheim show. So awesome. I, yeah, I, let's I definitely do you. that. I have a hard time getting a hold of him whenever I am in town. I always want to visit him, but yeah. We love you, Tim. We're thinking about you, buddy. Tim is um, an awesome individual. By the way, this screwball peanut butter whiskey is awesome. Thank you, Kim. I finished my drink already. Awesome. <laughs> I've no, got a little bit know. of dregs down there. I've got a whole bottle to myself over here, so I don't know that I'm going to finish, but I'm going to have another swig right now. Oh. All right, sir. So uh, oh. so your turn. Don't take, turn. don't take it easy on me. Oh, I'm going. I'm coming for you, buddy. I am coming for you. Are you ready for this? I, Do you I have your box know, of tissues? I want to know what you really don't like about what I've done in... Since the last podcast, I do. It's probably a lot to pick from. This morning, you posted a video on Triple B TV about Slither Inc. and Samson Pruitt. True. Enough said. That means you're the scum of the universe, right? <laughs> I mean, I know that's not what you really think. <laughs> well, you know... Um, Nobody talks Yeah, I don't know scum. if that's... I, <laughs> in my dreams, <laughs> scum researcher sometimes. Um, no, I, I, uh, yeah, I'm being a little bit sarcastic, and maybe I'm, I'm pushing it a little bit. I'm sure that I could, I could pick on you about something else. Um, but uh, no, no. To be honest with you, that was, that was a pretty. I didn't know because I didn't hear the interview. Obviously, what? Sam Saprud is a polarizing guy. You didn't he has a lot inter- of. You didn't hear the interview yet. You didn't watch it. No. Oh, I thought. Well, you, no, I, I, I no. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I watched it today. I'm saying before today, I hadn't heard it. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, it, nobody. It just had came it. live today. So those of you guys that are listening, what is this podcast coming out? Uh, about a week and a half, right? Yeah. After we are recording it, so you guys will have to go back and watch the Triple B TV interview on. It, is it Slither Inc. or Samson Pruitt? Both. Whichever. I don't remember. I mean, well, that's the I mean, title. Yeah. I was wondering what the title was. So. Anyway, no, I, I did watch the interview, but what I'm talking about is, um, so the show that you were at, this is Pomona show back in, was it August? August, yeah. Or July. It was August. August was that show. And, and so that was actually the first time that I had ever met Samson, you know, face to face. I mean, I knew who he was through Facebook and, you know, we'd talked even on the phone a couple of times when you, cause I work with retics, he's a retic guy, so it's a pretty small world. But um, I remember you asking me if there was anyone that you should interview, and I knew that that would be kind of a, a firecracker, you know, because the dude has a lot of haters. I mean, a serious amount of haters. I don't know that I could function if as many people hated me as hate him. You know, I've had a few key people hate me, and it kind of tears me apart, you know what I mean? I like to pretend like I don't care what people think, but, um, yeah, it's hard. You know, it's hard when you are constantly getting attacked and uh and he is so i remember saying that would be an interesting interview i'd like to see how that goes and it was actually a really interesting watch um so no i i'm definitely teasing you a little bit that you would do that um and here's here's why i have never publicly really talked about my stance on Samson or my, I guess my preconceived notion or judgment of him. And I probably never will because 
I'm not a judge and jury. I'm a reptile breeder. You know what I'm saying? So there's like, I, I don't, I think it's above my pay grade to decide whether he's a good or bad person morally. I really don't know all the details. I know there's news stories you can read and things like that. The guy's got a questionable past and he goes into all that on your vlog, on your uh, interview. So you guys, you know, I don't want to spend the whole show talking about him, but you guys can watch the interview. It was a pretty good one. Um, I don't feel like I should have to do that. And it's funny because I've actually been attacked because I won't pub publicly condemn the guy when people jump on these things. I mean, uh, there was one thread in particular. I was like, this is like a witch hunt. What is wrong with That's you That's the guys? thing about our, a society in general that I that really shuns or turns me off from, from being part of the human race is when people get in this mentality of you're either for me or you're against me and you got to make a stance now or you're against like, I can't stand that. It's, it's just a horrible line of thinking. It leads to nothing but bad, bad war. Well, and generally, I don't have any ill wishes towards anyone until they say that. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? But no, I mean, like, kind of to sum it up, there was a there was one guy that, you know, I, I said, well, I'm not going to condemn the guy. Someone was like, you guys are in business together and you're best friends and you're supporting him. And I said on there, like, no, that's not true. I don't know where you're getting your information, but... Um, I, I haven't done any business with the guy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't sell animals from him. I, I, I don't, or for him, I don't send him my animals to sell or anything like that. Um, so whatever I know about the guy is just casual stuff. We've definitely talked, you know, um, and, and I'll say he's a lot like anybody else I ever talked to where there's, you know, good things and bad things about him or, or it's not even good and bad. It's just things I agree with or disagree with really which you and I can sit down and rap about and we're friends. You know what I mean? We're, we're not going to agree on everything and disagree on everything. So he and I run our businesses very differently. Um, but then by the same token, well, like, I mean, there's gotta be, it's at least a little bit of a sign of respect. Like I just said, I don't know that I'd be able to function at his level with as much negativity as he takes. So, I mean, that at least is a good quality of his is holy crap. Can the guy take a punch and keep going? You know, I mean, holy smokes. I don't, you don't have to know anything else about him, but if you just see the negativity that he gets and the fact that he hasn't blown his brains out by now is, it means the dude at least has a little bit of character. And, and perseverance maybe, maybe some of his actions in the past warrant, you know, maybe the universe is feeding him what it is that was coming to him. That's possible. I'm not going to rule that out as a possibility. Well, it either. could be. It could be. Well, you know, what's funny. It's on this thread. Somebody said, so the, the controversy around him, um, is regarding his past with pit bulls and he had an arrest and he served some jail time and there's all kinds of allegations and stuff like that. There were some marijuana charges and stuff there too wrapped up into it. And I, I really, honestly, I don't know the whole story. I don't, so I'm not going to talk about it, but basically there were allegations of animal abuse against him, both with the dogs and with the reptiles and you know, you know, whatever there's, there's been allegations of that kind of stuff. And so one of these guys on the, on the, um, thread was saying well Garrett if you don't he, they said you do support him because I've never heard you say anything bad about him publicly yeah but you don't my say retort would be I hope I never publicly yeah exactly I hope I don't say any I'm well I mean if I do I mean I just we we just created a segment for it where I can say bad stuff about you but I think it's because 
you know, we love each other. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and honestly, the people I rag on the most are the ones I love the most. Ask my wife about that. She's like, you know what I want for my 10 year anniversary this month, by the way, is our 10 year anniversary. (laughs) I want one day where you don't give me crap about stuff. So I love you, Ashley. I'm going to try really hard. Probably just going to sleep all day and say, I've given it to you. Uh, But there will be dreams. There will be dreams. (laughs) Oh, I'm just kidding. But no, seriously, I mean, I, I, like, I'm a total jerk, but it's definitely the people that I love and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, and I, I just don't know Samson that well. I have said things about, like, if, you know, just like I would with anyone, like, this is truth. And I'm like, eh, I don't know, I'm not so sure about that, you know. Just casual things on Facebook, adding to the negativity the way that I do and why creating that, you know, building that platform to something that I hate now. But, um, yeah, the one guy's like, well, if you haven't ever said anything bad about him or if you say something like, hey, that's a nice snake, it shows that you support him. And someone else said, yeah, Garrett, I can't believe it. There's a special place in hell for animal abusers and pedophiles. You know, how can you support a guy like that? Or how can you at least not publicly condemn him? And I, my, my retort was, you know what? You might be right. There might be a special place in hell for people like that. And he might be going there. I don't know. The thing about it is that, like I said, is above my pay grade. I'm not a judge. I am not a jury. I am not an executioner. I'm a reptile breeder. And I work in the reptile industry. And I realize that you guys... You're not not St. Peter? Come on, dude. No, I'm... Well, not yet, but I will someday be St. Garrett, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) I just got to, you know, beat out Mother Teresa. She made it. It only took her a little whole life. But I'm sure when I die, someone else canonize me. Uh, but uh, I plan to be knighted too. I mean, that would be cool. <laughs> wow! But anyway, I love how you spun the segment of "What have I done wrong?" into "What did you do wrong again?" <laughs> That's <laughs> nice. That's so nice of you. You're being so nice today. Uh, but yeah, but basically, my point was, I work here. I'm a reptile breeder. This is the reptile industry, and if you think that this guy deserves hell, please don't make work into hell so that you can punish him. Because I'm here too. You know what I mean? Can't we all just get along? Let the guy go to hell at the end of his life. It's between him and his maker. You know what I'm saying? Whatever, whatever happens there happens there. I can, I'm over here trying to, to build and promote the industry in a positive way. If that guy is tearing it down, I, I mean, I'm sorry. My philosophy on life is that's just not going to last. You can't do something negatively forever and get away with it. You're ultimately going to face some kind of a judgment day. I just know that that judgment day does not need to come by my hand that it's actually going to happen if it's going to happen or it's not. But either way, it doesn't have anything to do with me, you know, outing the guy or talking about him on, on Facebook. So just like I said, I, I've talked to the guy and all that kind of stuff. I think he's done, there, there are things that he's very good at. Some of it is sales, marketing, those kinds of things. He's a very different style than me. Um, I could never like work the way that he works, but, uh, but some of his results... I mean, obviously speak for themselves, um, you know, so there's, there's things that he does some good things. And I think, uh, a childish person will sit there and learn every bad thing they can about everyone else so they can throw it back in their face. But all of that does is fill your life with the negativity that other people are doing. I think a wiser person would learn what there is to learn from anyone. And I, I can learn from evil people ignorant people, all kinds of people, you know, so even if he is what you're saying he is, you can actually grow by 
learning, you know, what not to do or, or what to do or take from his strengths and weaknesses and, and that kind of stuff. And the more fun thing for me to do is take what somebody originally intended for negativity and spin it positively within the industry. I love that kind of stuff, you know, so I don't know, but that's what I hate about you, Brian. You should have never interviewed that guy. (laughs) Well, um, since you're not going to name what I've done wrong since the last podcast, confession time, (laughs) I, I, I feel I'll, I'll throw one out that I think was a a bad call. I played a song. I did a live stream where, cause in the interview, I just, I just let him, let him talk and share his side of the story. I did a live stream where he was still kind of the subject matter, but it, to be fair, the live stream journeyed off into all kinds of topics, kind of like the ones we're talking about now in social media and just all that type of stuff. It became a very broad live stream. I was sitting down with my mom who is you know, a retired teacher, and she's got a master's, and she's got a pretty good head. If, if people think that I come at topics level-headed, if people think that I come at things with a kind of more level-headed view, people have said that, and that's why I'm bringing it up. People have made that, assum- not assumption, but uh, ugh, words. God damn it, Cardinal, you're so much better at talking to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like to hear myself do it. Um, so... Uh, people have assessed that about me that I come at things more level-headed than, than a lot of people. If if that's if I'm level-headed compared to my mother, I am a crazy man. She is one of the more level-headed people on this earth. Um, I won't spend this whole podcast sharing kind of her background and where she came from, but uh, just in all that, she is extremely level-headed. She's a good person to talk to about it and bounce ideas off. I didn't want to just speak at a camera on a live stream with a bunch of people in a chat and not have anybody to bounce back off of. And my mom was in town. So I was like, Hey, will you sit down with me? And she, she's like being my mother. She's like, of course I, yeah, I will. And, um, no, personally, I love when you include your parents. I mean, like, especially your dad, me and him go way back. <laughs> Couldn't get my dad on. He was spending too much time with, uh, his, his granddaughters. So that, that's okay. But, um, hopefully he'll be at the Anaheim show so that you can spend some more real lifetime with him, not just in your dreams. Uh, <laughs> Another <laughs> dimensional quality time is still quality time. My, my point is what I did wrong. Well, at the last minute, it was the first time I, I had ever been late, so late to a live stream. Usually I start within 30 seconds of when I say I'm going to. This time I was almost 10 minutes late because I had this last minute idea, like I need to play this song. And then also trying to set up my mom's mic and doing all this other stuff. I was late to get this song at the end. I was like, I need to play this song at the end of this live stream. It just makes too much sense. And it's a Beatles song. And since I played it on the podcast, on the live stream at the end, as soon as the live stream was done, probably, I imagine somewhere in the middle of that song being played, YouTube came in and was like, nope, blocked in most countries for playing that song. That's crazy. Yeah. You know what's funny? I, so, I tried to look up an episode you did interviewing me like a year ago or two years ago or something, and that said it was blocked and I could no longer watch it in this country. Yeah, I don't know why that one is either. I'll have to go back and see if I can research into what it is, but Triple B TV, I never play any copyrighted stuff on Triple B TV. I know I YouTube's think. cracking down on a lot of stuff. They they pulled a lot of things from my videos, uh, like apparently saying like, well, this video is obviously meant to, for children. Or something. Not that it's family friendly, but just that it was like advertising to children. And so right. they, they flagged a bunch of my videos for that. You've probably seen that too. YouTube is doing a lot of stuff in, in light of, you know, getting sued, having that. Yeah, that's, that that's happening. I, it's unfortunate because I think it was going to be a pretty good video, it seemed, because based on other live streams I've done <laughs> and how many views and how many people are interested in the live stream versus when they're live to when they actually get watched after the live has ended. Um, We've actually had the most amount of views, 667 views before YouTube was like, oh, Beatles, nope. Um, 
There you go. Either and, that or they're after right, so, Samson, so luckily, too. <laughs> luckily, if you didn't get to actually be part of the live stream, if you didn't get to be part of the live stream and you're one of the people that really want to know what was going on in that live stream, there are at least 667 people out there that can tell you what happened in that live stream. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it won't be a first-person account, but hey, uh, that's not what this is about, right? It's about uh, hearing from a second-hand source what happened. It is crazy to see that YouTube stuff going down, though. Like, So I don't know if you do this. If you don't, here's another good idea for you, Brian. Uh, on my YouTube channel, um, I have a playlist, and I, I, I feel like a lot of people don't use playlists. Playlists are awesome. When someone goes through and creates a playlist of a bunch of different topics, because they can be from every different channel. So it's Yeah, I haven't had time to do that. I've, I've thought about doing that many times. I have you ever like, watched playlists or searched playlists on YouTube? R- rarely. I've watched a couple of playlists. What's really cool, like somebody has to life. create one. But if I want to learn about, you know, the new Ford Bronco or something like that, uh, somebody can go on and, and pull all the Ford Bronco YouTube videos that there are and create a playlist for it. And I can just hit play right. and it'll cycle through all those videos. Right. So it's, it's almost like podcast format on YouTube because you'll have, you know, five or 10 minute videos, but you got 60 of them or whatever. So anyway... Sure. One cool thing and and a way that I like to try to help promote other creators and stuff is that I've created a playlist on my channel called Reach Out Reptiles on Other Channels. And so anytime somebody... Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and it's pretty fun to watch because instead of going through Reach Out Reptiles videos, you get to see... You know, like a different side of me. Sometimes a candid side. Sometimes, you know, or there's like really old videos on there from when I was a kid. You know, a lot of lot of interesting stuff on there. But um, I I would think that would be something awesome for you to do too, where you know people can go on your channel, they can click, you know, in that case Triple B on other channels or Brian on other channels or whatever, and go through and watch all the videos about you from all these other things. So that's pretty fun. Um, and it's been like a lot of times. I've done interviews with people to try to kind of help them with their channel. Not not like in a cocky way or whatever, but, you know, if someone just started their channel and they've got 100 subs, you know, but I know the person, they're they're a cool person, I think they deserve to be a little bit better known, I'll tag them in, you know, put their video on my playlist so that 10,000 subs or whatever can have access to it and hopefully give them a little bit of a boost. So those right. of you guys that's, that are listening, run through. That's where you get the that's where I get the condemnation on Triple B TV sometimes. Is I, I will have I just want to have anybody on that has a story to share. And more often than not, there's somebody that doesn't like the person I have on. They're like, how could you give this person a platform to even like get out to more people? And well, that's what uh, I was doing. But I hadn't seen anyone else that was necessarily doing that yet on the video. I don't know. It was kind of new. Maybe that will <laughs> yeah. happen. No, we'll but I, I will tell you, out of the number of interviews I've done so far, um, which there's there's over 200 episodes now. Not all of them are interviews. You know, the first like 50 videos or so, I would say were like me showing off my snakes or, or something like that line before I got into making triple BTV a very much an interview platform. Um, but there are, I'd say there are about 150 episodes at this point of people I've interviewed, uh, out of 20, about 25% of those interviews, I've been contacted by at least one, if not more people about the person I'm interviewing with something like, how could you interview this? But like this person, like, I, don't, I can't believe you had them on. 25% of the people that I've had on, I've, I've gotten messages like that. So it's just, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that, but that's, that's just the fact. Well, I, a quarter of the people I've interviewed have got, had people reach out to me. He's like, you know, this about this and this about this guy. Like, uh, I don't know why. Like, oh man. Any anytime I, you try to share something that is like actual personal that you believe in, and those not that those interviews are that, but 
you know, if, if you try to share your personal views on some kind of divisive topic, that's, I think, where people are usually going to jump on and say, hey, you need to be more like me. I can't believe you would do this or say that or be that, you know, um, especially if it's politicized. But, but yeah, it's kind of goofy. I think it's stupid. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Yeah, I want. I want to. I'm gonna go ahead. And, I want to make some sound bites so that people can go ahead and take and use and bring out a context and be. Like, oh no, I'm not gonna do that. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hate Garrett Hartle. He is the worst person on the planet. I've never met a guy who was more self-absorbed and just hated everybody else so outrightly that he's just gonna be. He's a scourge of the planet. There. Okay, I did. It. I changed my mind. I made the sound bite. That was actually. Kind of true and hurtful. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe part of it was. <laughs> uh, I have heard that about myself. Of people that don't know me, they're like that Garrett Hall guy. I heard his head is like so big he can't fit through the door. You know what I mean? <laughs> that was one of the local rumors going around here in Pittsburgh. When you I were one of the only this. people bold enough to walk into my snake room and stick your sticker right at face level as you walk in the door. It's the only sticker on my nice clean glass window into my snake room is your sticker. Right there. I have to see it every time I come down here. Yes. <laughs> Sadly, you don't film it very often. I was hoping for a little bit more of a I used to film my front there. door a lot until that sticker got on there. Mm, yeah. Okay, new segment for you guys. You ready for another segment? I, you know what I'm I like ready. about these segments? I didn't really understand the point, but now that we're using them, it's really cool. Like when something gets boring, I can just jump to another segment. Change the topic. Perfect. Yeah. Love it. So here's another one. What What's a life lesson or something that you're learning or doing right now? And it, I mean, it, it could be a lesson. It can just be like an update on, you know, stuff that's going on for you or, or whatever. But yeah, what's what's something that's like big on your mind right now? I will say, man, it's been big on my mind this whole week, this whole month, maybe, uh, is really just reconnecting with reality and not spending so much time in this virtual reality where I spend a lot of time working. So it's kind of by necessity that I work in this virtual reality a lot of the time, social internet platforms and whatnot, screen-related reality. You're not saying and you've I, been losing touch with your work-life balance, have you? A little, a little bit. A little bit, yeah. I'd lost touch with that. And I'm, I'm relearning how important it is to maintain that and spend time away from the screens where I do my work and do a lot of interacting with people and interact with people in reality mainly my family and the people that I truly care about and not just family and the people I care about but be getting out there in the real beyond even the the house you know going in just whether it's looking under a log and I I feel like I've done a pretty good job of doing that throughout the course of working cl more closely on these screen related um screen related platforms but just really this month, it's, it's hit me again, like really hard. And I, I, that, that whole deleting Facebook from my phone was kind of a culmination of, of that realization and wanting to make a conscious effort to spend more time away from that and make sure I get enough time in the real world because all it's going to take is a couple of um, you know, strategically placed electromagnetic pulses and all this stuff is gone and only thing that's going to be left is what's what's really real and what you really experience because I, I do feel that it is a virtual reality that um you're living in through these different social platforms it's it's not true reality face to face nothing will ever replace face to face even us talking here on skype is not the same it's we're not getting 
the same energy. There's so many vibrations in this world that we don't perceive. And we're perceiving less and less of them with all these screens that people are looking at. Even being cut off from the night sky, we're, we're forgetting about this connection we have to, with the rest of the universe because of, of light pollution in cities. People look up and don't see anything. You have to like get out into the mountains. Luckily, I live in a place with no street lights on the street, so I get to still see the stars at night. And I did that last night. I went outside, looked up, and reminded myself of this place I'm at in the universe, which is very small, a very small place that is just related to this, this huge place that I want to remain connected with because I feel like that's the true life experience. And if you're missing out on that, everything that this universe has to offer and, and exploring further into that, then what's the point of living, you know, without having this real this real life. I'm starting to get too deep for my own good here, but this is what I this is what I've learned. This is what I've relearned this month is to make sure that I don't get into a spot where I'm not constantly connecting with the universe by doing something as simple as going outside, looking up at the stars and looking at that constellation of Orion, which just happens to be the one that's always stood out the most to me of all the constellations, and realizing that thousands and thousands of generations before or however many generations you think have been on this planet or people have looked up at that same sky virtually unchanged. And it's the one thing we have to connect with the rest of our humanity is, is something as simple as that. <coughs> wow. You, uh, you really ran with that one. I've been feeling it. <laughs> I guess so. Mine, mine, uh, pales by comparison. I'll let you win that one, I guess. <laughs> it's, well, that's fine. Maybe the first one that I've, quote unquote one <laughs> I think that's more talking podcast. than you've done in this last half a year of podcasting by the way <laughs> so if anyone wants to look at All the right. stars and wonder about their place in the universe listen to this podcast <laughs> back to the lap track <laughs> <laughs> that's it you're cut off no more no more getting real for a while so how about you life hmm. lesson yeah um yeah it's just a little different than that um, good <laughs> basically mine was just based off of um i guess like an opportunity or a situation that arised uh, that arose but um you know well obviously everybody knows i think by now that i work with dwarf and super dwarf retics the market is increasing <laughs> i don't think anybody knows that you might want to put that out there a little more i don't you know people now that well, you well, guys have subscribed podcast, and now listen to they... searchable as reptiles <laughs> Also, go buy a dwarf and super dwarf retake from Garrett Hartle. Oh man, no, I, Sorry, I, I, I had to say it just to bring it into this episode because we don't think we had it in there yet. Can't go one full episode without shameless self promotion. No, just kidding. No, but in all seriousness, like, okay, so this is this is my job. This is what I deal with. I don't do anything else. And I had the the market has been increasing. Um, there's a lot of people who have been wanting to you know, like kind of invest or take the reins and take this, this niche to the next level. Um, and it's kind of funny. There's a lot of crossover with ball pythons, which are, you know, by and far the largest, like monetarily wise, like numbers of dollars spent every year. I think ball pythons win. Wouldn't you say as any species in captivity, the most money spent on them? Oh yeah. Yeah. Simply because they are from an industry standpoint. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, so I, I can't think of one that would. I mean, what would be one that just for contrast? What would be one that rivals it as far as being as close to the industry number that monetary value that 
just you know what I'm saying. What's yeah, the, what's well, I two? mean, I, I don't know. Corn snakes were the reigning champion for a long time. Leopard geckos, leopard geckos had their day. Crested geckos, Lichianus. Uh, I don't think Lichianus touched what what they are, but I meant like you know all of like the Rachidactylus stuff together. Um, yeah, Burmese were really big once upon a time. The albino Burmese thing was huge, but I still think that you could probably add every other species together and it would maybe equal the amount of money spent on ball pythons. Not just buying ball pythons, but caging, food supplies, everything, just as an industry. Um, and so these people that like to rag on ball pythons, I mean, a lot of the, the funding and, and uh, money that's available in this industry is because of that species. So I, I personally don't keep ball pythons i've never bred ball pythons i mean i've had one once or twice for like a couple of weeks because someone gave me one or something but um i mean i have a deep appreciation for what they've done from that standpoint you know you'd be silly not to i think but basically as these ball python people who are used to dropping some serious coin get more and more exposure to super dwarves which you know, in, in like the real deal, like real good high quality bloodlines that stay small, they rival the ball pythons in many ways, but have certain advantages over them. Like for example, they always eat, they never get sick. Just those two things alone, you know, from a a production standpoint is big, but they take a long time to reproduce. And if you didn't start five years ago, you're not doing anything yet, you know? So Anyways, all of that was just to give you guys that might be listening that aren't into super dwarves uh, just a tiny bit of background on sort of like a, where the market is on with those right now. But I had my life lesson is that I had a buyout offer um, a couple of weeks ago where somebody wanted to buy Reach Out Reptiles entirely. Really? Yeah. And, and then pay to keep me on board, you know. Wow. Um, but they wanted ownership of it for, you know just obviously like financial reasons they they realized that they wanted me on board at least for a while and they were talking about like a structured phase out of me so that they could do it just purely from a financial standpoint and um i you know we didn't get too far into it i gave them a little bit of a a glimpse at some balance sheets and you know just like the financials and things like that and we've been doing pretty good um it's it's in the time I've been doing this, it's certainly surpassed my expectations. We'll say that. Um, and so I think a lot of people are investing in terms of buying one or two snakes or 10 snakes or 20 snakes, but these guys wanted to buy reach out reptiles. And it kind of made me step back and think a little bit like, hmm, well, what would I do next? Because I mean, I've, I've worked with super doors and dwarves for a long time. And part of the thing was I wouldn't be able to do that outside of it anymore. You know, like as far as like a non-compete sort of a deal. I can't just sell them Reach Out Reptiles, start another one, still be Garrett and sell the the Dwarf and Super Dwarfs, you know. So it kind of, you know, I just entertained it. It was a pretty good offer, you know, from a business standpoint or whatever. But I think the growth is, you know, I, I don't think I've, I think I'm scratching the surface on what I can do because I'm barely putting this stuff together and doing well. So I think if, if everything, if I was given enough time and support and finances to kind of get this place into a well-oiled machine, I think it would be far more profitable even than it is. Um, but yeah, it was kind of interesting. Like what would I do without it? And it's not like I've been doing reach out reptiles for a long time. Uh, we're coming up to our it, almost a year from now because we uh, incorporated five years ago next year. 
So in 2020, it'll be our five-year anniversary, which is pretty fun. So, you know, from like a business standpoint, uh, as an entrepreneur, starting a business, growing the business, um, realizing a profitable standpoint, and then selling it and doing the whole thing again is what a lot of entrepreneurs do. And I have family members and stuff that have done certain things. And I was talking with one of my cousins this week. I actually didn't tell him that I had a, a buyout opportunity, but... One of my cousins, Stephen Hartle, owns a uh, like an off-road vehicle dealership, and he's considering a buyout too. And it was kind of funny. He called me, asked about it, and what do I think, knowing him, knowing his business, because uh, I actually helped them with a lot of stuff when they started their business um, to get it profitable and everything. So it was, it was kind of interesting to be telling him advice and hearing it for myself being in almost the same situation. And ultimately, I, I decided not to take that offer, at least for now, you know, and all that kind of thing. But it, it does open up. And so I, I don't have the lesson learned. Like you were saying, your lesson learned is that you need to make sure that you're still participating in reality, you know, outside of just the uh, digital side of, you know, you, you can't watch all of life through a viewfinder. You know, some, some things you need to see with your eyes. Right. Right. So, um, I, I don't have the final thing, but it was an interesting thought process. Are you saying you're still considering the buyout? Is that what you're saying? No, I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't totally outrule ever being bought out. I, I turned them down on this offer this time, but just the, the thought of it. Cause I don't know if that's something that you think about. What if come, someone came to you and they're like, Hey Brian, I'll offer you $5 million to have everything that you do right now. Would you do it? And by the way, I'm not know. saying $5 million is my price. I'm just saying like, right. No, that's a good question because, and somebody once asked me before, like, what is, what is triple B or what is, and, and it's not, re- it's, it's me essentially, you know? So I, I, how do I, I can't sell myself. Like well, that's that's just it. So, like, Reach Out Reptiles very much is Garrett Hartle. I mean, every snake I send out, I still write a personal little thank you note. Thank you for supporting us and what we're trying to do. And when I say us, I mean me, my wife, my kids. You know, a lot of people still pay my daughter, Riley, the extra 10 bucks when they buy a snake to have her train it every day. I mean, you know Chris Sexton. He's a good customer of yours as mm-hmm. well. He does that every single time and swears that his snakes are like the friendliest little super dwarves ever because they have a seven-year-old handling them a couple of times a day, giving them a little extra TLC. So it's very much a family thing. It's very much a part of me. A lot of the branding and stuff is representative about like how I feel about myself. It's very like right. Pittsburgh-based, kind of blue-collar, no BS. Yeah, that's why I was very interested to hear how... Like, that you have that happening, what you would your approach to thinking about it even was because I feel like yeah you have that similar thing where your company is is like your soul, it's not just a that's it company yes. you started to make money it's your soul that's exactly it and I've poured everything into it and obviously this is the first time I've full time gone into business for myself since I lived in my parents' house which I was actually made a lot of money back then but I don't think that really counts because you're not covering your own expenses to a full extent so you know, gone into business for myself, poured everything. And, and this first business has been, what do I care about the most? You know, and I've spent so much time on social media and everything else, just promoting the, the snakes that I love and, you know, philosophies for keeping and trying to make it a better place. Whether we're talking about, you know, even stuff that we've touched on in this podcast, or whether we're talking about, you know, whatever, I, I, I try to 
make everything a little bit better wherever I go, you know, and right now I'm in this industry. And so that's kind of my endeavor, but yeah, it's interesting. What would I do? And I think the, uh, ultimately dollars and cents wise, it didn't make too much sense yet. Like I, I think I can make more money with this company for this company than I am now pretty easily just by in, incorporating a couple things and just letting it grow a little bit to that next level. Um, so I decided not to on that, uh, you know, on that note. But you're not you're not done with it. I mean, in any way, shape, or form. Well, you know, you look at it like you know, a buyout should be what something three to five years of the business's profits. You know, you know what I mean, or, or whatever they're getting, um, uh, or maybe not even profits, but just gross sometimes sales, all that kind of thing. So. From that standpoint, it made sense today, but the business has been growing very rapidly. So I think even if I just was like, okay, let me hold off two years and then sell it, it would be worth far more money. You know, so for like from a financial standpoint alone, I didn't really have to make the decision. But it was interesting to even open my mind up and consider what else would I do? Like, well, you know, would I go back to work somewhere else? Would I try my hand at another business? Would I do some investing? You know, so... I don't know. Interesting. Interesting thing to think about. Yeah. Yeah. It is very interesting to think about. Especially with a non-compete because it's like they're going to buy all the animals. They're going to buy the business. They're going to buy all that stuff. And then I'm not allowed to do it anymore. Obviously, I could still have a few pets and do that kind of thing. Right. But. Right. But I feel like you definitely feed off of everything that you're doing with the business. It's not just playing with snakes. Like you, every every little aspect you put into it, whether it's some marketing design you're putting your your artistry into your logo stuff like it's all something that's benefiting you aside from just playing with snakes you know well the freedom of owning this business and the the hardcore realization that i don't get a paycheck somewhere else so i have to make it work just kind of going balls to the wall like that has allowed me to accomplish things that i haven't accomplished i've accomplished more in a short period of time than i have in the previous two decades of working with these. I mean, look at, I've got Carampa Locality Island eggs sitting in the incubator right now. I've been trying to do that for 13 years. 13 years. And I attempted last year and I failed. Um, I, I finally got a pair of them together. I bred them, but the female slugged out and I had gotten the male, I think, a little bit too late or whatever. But this year I got fertile eggs. And they're not hatched yet and they've still got a couple months to go. But, like, to me... That's been such an impossible dream to realize. I mean, these have never been bred in the United States before. You know, people have like crossed them into things or whatever, but nobody's ever produced carampas before. So to be able to do that, 13 years of trying as a hobbyist, and it's more like 13 months, right, professionally, and I've got it done. So it's... You bet you're holding on to your butt tight with being winter over there and those things, the incubator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like my janky old incubator, though. So I trust hey, the old works, girl. It works. But, but um, so I'm pretty confident there. I actually do have a couple of eggs that are going bad, but they were all suspect in the beginning. It was like that you look at them, you're like, mm, I don't know if that one's going to make it. And then I don't know what it is that does that still. So I still have a lot to learn. But um, yeah, I you know... I don't know. It's been it's been the ability and the realization. You know, it's funny. Um, one of the exciting things that happened in the super dwarf world this year was that Daniel Solis went to the islands where these things came from. And as I far- heard about that. 
<laughs> he did a pretty good episode with you. Um, had some interesting theories that I don't fully agree with, but that's okay. I mean, same kind of thing. Like diversity makes the world go round. Uh, hy- hypo- hypotheses, hypotheses, hypotheses. Yeah, he had some hypotheses. Well, no, you know what the the cool thing about it is, he's dedicated enough to the hypotheses to th- put some money where his mouth is and go out and try it. I mean, I haven't been there yet. You and I have talked about it. So it's been really cool having been planning a trip, I'm sure as long as he has or, you know what I mean? I mean, I don't know, probably longer. Just he, But he did it. So kudos to him. You know, you can talk about things or say you're going to do something, but it's a, it's a different story entirely to do it. And him being the first one, like I haven't been able to go get a hold of him. Daniel Solis returned my phone calls. But, <laughs> but um, no, I would love to learn some information from, you know, like, what did he experience from this trip? And more, more so often, like, if we are going to go, like, what are some ways that we can prepare? And he was the guy that did it first, so he kind of pioneered that. He learned a lot of that stuff. Um, it was really cool to see some of the ways that I view my animals just from learning from them, you know, personally, specifically each animal in captivity versus you know what that in reality looks like in the wild that stuff is is really cool but um you know we've slated to try and do that in 2020 that trip um i want to go out there just to to kind of smell the air and touch the soil and see the way these things are living so that i more so than to prove any like i'm not a scientist and i'm not going to pretend to be one so rather than proving any scientific theory one way or another i just want to experience what the animals are experiencing in the wild where they came from so that i can better the lives of my animals in captivity so um and then bringing you along obviously for well i don't know if it's obvious or not i don't know that we've ever talked about this yeah i need a laugh track (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was going to bring you obvi- for the, uh, the videography skills and stuff to capture this stuff because I don't want to live that experience through a, a viewfinder. You know what I mean? And I think that would be a, a cool thing for you to film and, and do and have some fun. And boy, I mean, just anytime you go to this, these beautiful tropical places that are, you know, it's a little bit crazy. They're definitely, I don't know if they're dangerous. There's certain elements to that, but it's more just outside of your comfort zone, really. So yeah, well, to, to be fair, uh, getting on an island, a small island, is is more in my comfort zone, just genetically speaking. <laughs> well, maybe we can go on a sailboat. We'll just go that <laughs> way. I saw Moana. I think I'm ready. Can do that. <laughs> you can be you can be Maui, and I'll be the princess. How's that? I've got I've got the heart of Tafiti right here. Mm. I'll bring a chicken. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know where all that was going, but, um, hopefully to Indonesia, hopefully to Indonesia this next year. Yeah. I think it would be cool, but it'd be awesome. Yeah. No lesson learned. If I figure it out next week, I'll, I'll tell you, or maybe better yet, you know, someone come make me a better offer and maybe I'll sell the place and then I can tell you how it all ends up in the end and and finish the thought process. But, um, no, it, it was just you. very interesting to me to, you know, kind of seeing my cousin go through it. And, you know, I relate to him in a lot of ways and just kind of thinking about like, well, what would you do? Especially with a non-compete, like you can't do super doors anymore professionally, you know, um, what would I do with myself? It's kind of interesting to think of, you know, cause nothing lasts forever. You know, I, I, I mean, I have, I, I always think like, it's like paycheck to paycheck, like, mm, is this going to work? Maybe I'll go bankrupt. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean you don't know. Well, I mean, if 
being a family business, though, one thing I would highly consider if in your shoes, I'm sure you've probably considered a bit, is you, your girls are very into the snakes. Um, it could be something that remains a family business through generations. Could be. You know, it's hard to tell where kids are going to go and what, what they're going to want to do with their lives as they get through high school. You can't really t- foresee that. But the possibility is there. I mean, she is, Riley is involved at least a little bit there doing the uh, the handling and, and the taming of the snakes for customers. So it is a family business. Well, that's like super considerate and deep of you. I hadn't even considered that. I would take my $10 per snake fee away from Riley if I did that. Might have to work that into the next deal. Riley, <laughs> Riley, part benefit. Partial beneficiary. You can you can write me out, but Riley's in it for life. <laughs> <laughs> Permanent snake trainer status comes and goes as she pleases. Oh, she's pretty stinking well, good at it. Yes, she is. Uh, I'll tell you the lesson that I've learned for you right now too. Is thank you. Um, I would help. I'm about to go. I'm going go. I'm about to go meet up with um, the original owner of Roaming Reptiles. Uh, not not Brandon Fowler, but Brandon built it to what it is today you know, over the past 10 years. But there is actually somebody that he um, in, inherited or took over, reptile, ro, ro, took over roaming reptiles from, a uh, man named Andrew Barton, I believe he was. So you're third Andrew. generation owner of that thing. I'm third generation. I'm about to go meet up with the first generation owner and bridge of the gap um, and have lunch with he He invited me for lunch today. So um, I'm about to – my lesson learned is that – Maybe do the podcast. Luckily, it timed out well that we're actually at the exact point that we usually end these podcasts as far as timing. But I do actually have physically have to press stop so I can go not be late to that meeting. <laughs> Good for you. I don't actually pay attention to the time. I was going to push stop because I was getting bored of hearing myself talk anyway. <laughs> well, good timing, sir. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Thank you guys very much for listening. Come, please join us on the Facebook thing so that we can hear a little bit from you in the same way that you've hopefully enjoyed hearing from us. We love you guys. Hey, have great holiday season with your loved ones. I hope that's all great. And uh, Brian, when's our next one? It's right after the Anaheim show. Super Reptile Super uh, Show in Anaheim, right? Our next our next episode, yes, will be uh, right after the Anaheim show. Shortly yes. after that. So I'm Which, sure we'll do I the mean, same thing. Guys, where We'll both be there. We'll both be there. If you guys want to come see us in person, give us some hugs, uh, a little scratch behind the ear or something. I mean, that's, that's going to be the place to do it. And you're going to be able to do it with a lot of other people because it's going to be the biggest show in the world to date. That's a good venue for it, actually like that Anaheim venue a lot better than the Pomona place just because I'm of the looking support. forward to getting some of the drone shots based on what I've seen as far as the way it looks yeah it's yeah. pretty great it's close to everything so I mean for those of you that have been looking for a West Coast show to go to I think this will be the one because it's like in the heart it's like right there by Disneyland's close to the beach I mean it is California to a T right so yeah, Southern California let's get that straight. <laughs> Southern well for those of you that don't know California there are you know there's a little bit of a separatist movement uh, from the uh, San Luis Obispo area. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, you guys take care. We'll catch you next time. I do. See you later. Bye.